The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2. Hello and welcome to the Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2. I'm Luke Edwards and joining me we have sports analyst and writer for Total Analysis, David Astle. Hello, David. Hi Luke, you okay? I am very well, thank you very much. Thanks for coming back on. And making a debut, we have former Doncaster Bells player, Kirsty Ditchfield. Kirsty, obviously welcome. Tell us what it was like to play for such a historic club like Doncaster Bells. It was amazing, you know, the facilities, the the way that the it was more the youth setup that had come through at the time I played for them. So I was playing with a lot of young, fresh players. I was uh, a little bit older than they were, but it was certainly good to see the academy girls coming through and the way that they'd been trained and the, and the style that they wanted to play it was really good. And obviously they've, they've had a fall from grace, but they feel as though they're trying to fight their way back up now, aren't they? Yeah, they, they always had ambition. Obviously, they were in the WSL2 league um, a few years back and when they, they dropped down to the Northern Prem, I know they lost a lot of players. Um, they went on to play for different WSL teams. So they sort of had to start again, bring through the youth academy team. And obviously they've looked to build from that and, and they're trying to work themselves back up to the WSL again. And also we're starting to hear the decision from Reach PLC to get rid of some knowledgeable and very good writers on women's football, some of whom have appeared on here in the past. So we're here for you and you're welcome anytime on the podcast. Now, all six games in the WSL were played on Sunday. There were two early kickoffs. Manchester United were up and awake for the lunchtime kickoff as they put five past West Ham. And a big favourite of mine, five different scorers. I like it because it's it's more a team game then, isn't it? If, if you have five different scorers rather than somebody hogging all the headlines. Jesse scored her first WSL goal for Manchester United. Millie Turner and Nikita Paris had United 3-0 up at the break before Lucia Garcia and Melvin Mallard added two more goals late on. And David, that was a convincing performance for United in the end, wasn't it? A very convincing performance and it's kind of what they needed. They've, they've had a bit of a mixed start to the season, both you know Champions League and, and in the league itself. So that was a, a huge win for them. We'll do them the world of good and... I think the player that, I mean, there'll, there'll be loads of players that people will throw out and say that player was good, that player was good. But for me, the one that really kind of drove everything was Ella Toon um, from the midfield. I think um, she played as a slightly more withdrawn role, sort of sitting a little deeper than she normally would and sort of progressing play forwards. Um, and I think that really, really worked for her and for United because she was linking up so many times with, with Leah Goulton, um, with, uh, you know, Lucia Garcia when she came on and... Uh, yeah, for me, she didn't score. I think she only picked up one assist, but she was involved in so much more of their play than the records will show. So, uh, yeah, for me, she was the one that really stood out. But like you said, it was a complete team performance and it was definitely a win that they needed. Kirsty, feel once this United team gelled, they could be very good, couldn't they? Yeah, United have been on the up for some time. I think after Casey Stoney left, uh, Casey Stoney left and Matt Skinner come in, people weren't sure what he was about as a manager. But if you look at how they've progressed, you know, I think they finished second last season, really unlucky on that. The way they perform, the players that they let go of, I think there was a lot of scrutiny. They liked Lauren James and Alessia Russo, obviously, being allowed to leave. They lost Anna Battier. It was a surprise thing for me that they let so many players leave. But then with the quality of players that they've brought in, you, you can just see that the, what Mark Skinner's trying to get out of the team. And after a 
very lucky draw against Brighton last weekend for me. Definitely going into that game yesterday, they knew they needed to get a performance and what better way of doing it than getting a 5-0 win. Yeah, and David Ranskin needs January to come quickly, doesn't she? A squaddish they're bearing. It's a struggle for them at the minute. Yeah, they made some good signings over the summer. And, and you know, Rico Wecky, I, th- I think, is a really good player. And, and given time, I think she'll prove to be a really solid signing at the top of the field. But, yeah, you look at the rest of the squad and, and they are just lacking bits and pieces here and there. So, yeah, January's going to be huge for them. The other early kickoffs are two Norwegians on the scoreboard. Chilean Beze's fine solo goal had spurs ahead at home to Liverpool and Sophie Roman Haag equalised with a header in the second half. Kirsty, both sides seem satisfied with this after and both sides have improved as well from last season. They really have. I think if you look at the way that both teams went up against each other, you could see that they, they sort of matched each other on a level, obviously ending the game with a draw, the teams in the WSL, you can see that there's, there's, it's gone from being a massive gap from top to bottom and now teams actually coming into the league are able to fight against the top teams, play against teams that are, are middle and get results. And I think both teams have done that so far this season and it proves that with where they're positioned in the table. Chelsea three points clear at the top as they continue their unbeaten start to the season. Jesse Fleming had a blues ahead in the first half and further second half goals from Sam Kerr and Aggie Beaver-Jones gave them a comfortable win. And David, despite Emma Hayes' announcement, it was business as usual for Chelsea, wasn't it? It was, and you could see the organisation that was there and the fact the players really wanted to go out and put on a performance. And, and I think Chelsea were more than good for the win. I think they were the better side on the day by a long way. Um, Everton just looked really... I don't know what it is about them. They're just kind of a bit disorganised all over the place. But yeah, Chelsea were were very organised. Like I said, they the players knew their roles and, and they went out and they, they really put up on a, on a performance. And uh, yeah, they deserved the win on the day. And and David as well, the future is bright as well with uh, Beaver Jones coming in and, and scoring on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, really exciting player. And I think Chelsea have a... a I know they sign a lot of players from abroad, but they do have a bit of a history with, with bringing you know young talent through. You look at some of the players who got out on loan, Lexi Potter, um, Rianne Blades, I think is still one of theirs, but is currently on loan. Um, and yeah, Beaver Jones has obviously had a couple of seasons on loan, but this season she's really shown what she can do at her parent club. And uh, yeah, she's definitely one to watch for the future. Kirsty Everton, they've lost six out of the first eight. They lost players right at the start of the season. And they're another team will be waiting for January to come so they can strengthen. I think they will, but for me, Everton haven't really looked um, the part for me this season. They've not been a team that looks like they've gelled. Um, obviously, they're losing Gabby George and uh, signing for United, albeit now she's injured, I think was a big miss because they had a bit of stability at the back. Um, I just don't see where they're going to pick up many points this season with the way that they're performing at the minute. They're a bit lacklustre. They've not really got that drive and determination in games and... I don't know, but I really think they are going to struggle this year. Now, we'll go to a game at Eurat Kirsty on Sunday at the Joy Stadium. Gareth Taylor described the Manchester City performance at home to Brighton as the worst of his three years in charge. They lost 1-0 at home. Former player Lee Gung-Min on the score sheet there. And then, um, what did you think, Kirsty? I think, to be fair, you've got to give credit to Brighton and the way that they've started the season and the performances they've put in because... They sat behind the ball, they defended, they did have probably one or two chances in the first half. Uh, Keanu Keaton having to make a really good stop, probably about 10 minutes into the game. Other than that, it was pretty much all City. Um, they, but they just they weren't firing on all cylinders for me. They looked a bit slow in the build-up play. They weren't looking to do, 
you know, they weren't driving at the at, at the goal as such. Every shot was straight at the goalkeeper. And I just think you've got to credit the way that Brighton performed because their centre-halves were outstanding. They soaked up everything, especially up against Bunny Sharu. Anyone who will know that she's a tough player to come up against. She just had no joy in the game. And for me, Brighton did everything right. They set up defensively to start with. Second half, as it carried on at nil-nil, you knew they were going to make that that substitution. And we go me um, leave, obviously scoring... I think against United last weekend, a player that you have to be careful of, and you could just see that they, they went out there to get the get the win, and it made the difference when they made the positive substitutions. But they didn't lose the shape either; they stayed defensive and soaked up every bit of pressure that City put on them. Yeah, no joy at the joy for City, and uh, it's the Manchester derby next week, isn't it, Kirsty? At Old Trafford as well. It's going to be a huge game. Massive, yeah, massive game. But I think derbies, you, you can never really write what you think is going to happen in them. Anything can happen in a derby. But you'd certainly favour United at Old Trafford. The performance they've just had, I certainly think that it, they are more favoured for that game for me. You mentioned earlier about the WSL becoming a bit more unpredictable and tight. And that's basically what Mel Phillips has said. She feels that the WSL is a lot tighter in general this season. Um, less predictable in terms of results. And I, I suppose you'd agree with her on that, wouldn't you? I would. I think one of the main ones for me was Arsenal-Liverpool at the Emirates at the start of the season. Liverpool winning the game 1-0. And, you know, I just you wouldn't have expected Liverpool to get a result there. You certainly would have had your money on Arsenal. So you've got teams, Brighton taking points off United, winning against City, you know, coming up against big teams and getting results from it. So I think there are teams coming into the league. The only shock for me this year is Villa. Villa obviously only just picking up their points uh, first game yesterday, but not looked on it. They looked great last season, but they just haven't built from that. Yeah, as Kirsty mentioned there, Carl Rod will be breathing a huge sigh of relief. A Villa side won 2-0 at Bristol City. A Megan Connolly on goal. And an Ebony Salmon added a second goal against a former club and... David, it was a massive win for Villa, that wasn't it? Massive. Um, there are a lot of people who said, you know, if Villa lose this one, then Carla Ward is kind of looking at whether she stays on or not. So it was huge for her, but also huge for Villa as well in terms of the league. But um, yeah, it, Bristol City, I think, are just one of those teams that you can never take for granted, but they just don't quite have enough at the minute um, to to really kind of challenge. They get they obviously won last weekend, but. Apart from that, you kind of look at their games and they just haven't quite been in them. Um, but yeah, you can never take it for granted and Villa had to work hard, but they, they did deserve the win, I think, on the end. But yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that, David, because Lauren Smith has said that she feels the current WSL table does not reflect where her side is and she feels confident that it'll stay up. Do you think they can? It's going to be tough. Um, I mean, it's still far too early in the season to make any kind of really solid predictions, but just look at their performances and they're just not quite, I don't know what it is, but they're just not quite there. Um, they're, they're certainly challenging. You look at the first game, they were they they looked to be in it, but then they weren't. And and I don't know, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, I don't expect them to climb away from the relegation zone. I think they'll be sort of in and around there most of the season. Yeah, um, I think it will be them, Villa, Everton, probably they're the three strugglers at the minute, but obviously... You know, Villa winning at the weekend means that that, that kind of takes a, a, they take a big step away from that. So, yeah, you're looking at probably when I think Bristol haven't played Everton yet if I, to the off my top of my memory. So that game for me, when they face them, is going to be huge. 
Yeah, it's um, it's back-to-back wins for Villa that they thrashed Sheffield United in the Conti Cup in midweek, and he could make it three in a row next weekend. It's a we're talking about big games in Manchester Derby. It's a big game at home for them to West Ham next week. Yeah, yeah, huge, and um, they just need to keep the momentum going. We'll we'll see, we'll see. You know, at this stage, it's just going to be a case of taking it each game at a time and and see how many points they can pick up. It was a crazy game at the King Power to round off the action in the WSL. Leicester's impressive start to the season looked to be continuing when captain Sam Tierney headed home from a corner and then less than a minute later, Janice came and slid in to double the lead. But what response from the Gunners? Six second-half goals without replying against six different goal scorers. Lacasse, Russo, Ford, Pullover, Blackstenius and Hertig. Um, at times... Kirsty, we saw, especially first half, the improvement from Leicester, but then second half, it was a masterclass from Arsenal, wasn't it? Yeah, Arsenal just have this, this thing about them that they need sometimes to have a bit of a a realisation. So going down in games, you usually find that they, they, they tend to perform better. Arsenal are looking good, you know, they've got players coming back from injury as well. Beth Mead's obviously starting to get more game time. Uh, Vivian Miedemar, they've brought in Russo. I just think that they're a team that looked like they'd struggle sort of at the end of last season. The injuries really didn't help them. Um, but now they're starting off the season better than the first game, obviously picking up really good and vital points and winning games very convincingly. Uh, I think they were lucky to to win against City. Obviously, a mistake by Kiara Keaton when they came head-to-head with each other gave them the win. Um, and I think, to be fair, that'll just boost him going forward now and, and putting in some really good performances. All, the, all I can hope for as a City fan is that you know, Chelsea, Arsenal, United take points off each other and City can actually go on a bit of a run of form. She's uh, nailed her colours to the mast there. Um, but in terms of, you mentioned about Arsenal and, and that resilience, it's a big result, that, isn't it, to come back and win emphatically like that. It'll, you think it'll give them the, the boost now to go on, won't you? Yeah, 100%. You've, you've got to look at the team and, and the quality of players that they've got. Management-wise, you know, Arsenal have always been up there, but they've needed that little bit of, I don't know, a bit of structure going forward. Losing Mead and uh, Vivian Miedemar, obviously, bringing in Russo was sort of that person that, that came in and given that bit more drive going forward. But it'd be interesting to see if the three of them ever start at the same time with Russo, obviously, performing quite well at the minute. So, Arsenal of a team, I think people really need to be careful of because I think they're going to do well this season. Yeah, David, it's a bit like Man United in a way, Arsenal. They've got that many new signings, that many quality, that much quality. It's almost tra- finding a way to fit them all in, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, it is. And um, I was, I, I was talking on another uh, podcast previously about Arsenal, and, and I was asked about, you know, whether they, they, they should be seen as a struggling team or whether they should just be seen as a team that needs time. And I think it is the latter. They, they, you know, like United, they've made so many signings, and and they just need to kind of find a way to gel them all in. And, um, yeah, I think we're now starting to see in the last few games that they are starting to get that balance right. And, uh, yeah, you know, the results like at the weekend kind of show that when they do finally get into gear, they will be, like I said, one of those teams to watch. And, and, and I completely agree. I think they'll be kind of up there challenging. We're going to move into the Championship now and we have another new leader. Karen Hills of Charlton went top after her side went away to St Mary's and won 2-0 with an own goal from Kayla Rendell. And a stoppage time goal from Mel Johnson. So surely that meant Sunderland could increase their lead. Well, think again. 
as the Black Cats suffered their first league defeat of the season as former Brighton player Chelsea Ferguson scored the only goal for Blackburn and that ended their losing streak. Crystal Palace moved into third with a game in hand after a 3-2 win over Lewis. They'd fallen behind to Sara Brasero Carrera's goal, but goals from Sinead Hobson, Alexia Potter and Molly Sharp saw them home. That was despite on loan Chelsea player Rihanna Blades pulling a goal back. Um, Kirsty, David, this champ- the championship is normally quite predictable, not this season. No, it's very unpredictable. Um, you, I think you know, the start of the season, we, it looked like one team was going to, to um, be kind of up there and then they fell off. And now you're looking at, say, Sunderland, but you can't rule out Southampton, even though they obviously lost at the weekend. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy because any team could, could win and any team could lose on any given day it you know you kind of look at each week as it goes and just see what happens and then kind of go from there Kirsty, do you think it's a fact there are more hybrid and full-time teams in the championship this season a hundred percent and i think the rise of women's football has got to be you know the focal point there's a lot more um women involved in the game a lot more young talent coming up um and being available for whether it's championship whether it's you know women's super league there is a lot more people involved in the game and you know the growth of the game I think has has made the difference to to both leagues like we were saying about the WSL you do have you tend to have your top teams but you never really know who's going to stay up and go down and I think that's the same with the championship everyone's strengthening and everyone's developing massively so it'll be really really interesting to see who actually goes up this season and another team we can't rule out and are sneaking up after a slow start at Birmingham City. Gemma Lawley's fourth-minute goal gave them all three points away at London City. That's four league wins on the bounce for them and one loss in seven in all competitions. And David, what, what do you make of Darren Carter's side? Yeah, I mean, they were probably, before the season got going, they were my picks to go up. Um, not only because it would follow the pattern of you know, the, the team that came down from WSL spending two seasons go- and going back up like Liverpool did, like Bristol City did. But also I just thought, you know, they've had their their season, they they kind of got acclimatised to it and then they added a little bit. It didn't quite go for them at the start of the season, but I think the player that's made a huge, huge difference is Ivana Fuso. I think when they brought her in, they looked a lot more solid and she kind of dropped into the holes to connect the player a lot more that they were missing. And certainly you could see in, in her early games and, and since then that, she's given them what they were missing and, and kind of given them that, that missing link. So, yeah, I, th- I think they, they look like a really solid outfit now. And, and you know, like you said, you can't rule them out at the moment. Also in the Championship, Durham won 1-0 at Sheffield United and Reading and Watford drew 0-0. It was FA Cup first round weekend this weekend and early in the week, Kay Holland caught up with the second top scorer in the competition, Leeds Modernin striker Tanya Fozard. You know what? I'm feeling pretty confident. I think the girls are feeling pretty confident. There's nothing to lose, really. We're we're the underdogs, but I know it'll be tough. Like Darwin are sitting the top of their league. They're undefeated, uh, two tiers above us, but we're also undefeated so far. So you just never know. It's the magic of the cup. So anything's possible, really. It's a cup game, and anything can happen. Um, and talking about the women's FA Cup, so you're currently leading the chasing pack in the top goal scorers vying for the Women's FA Cup Top Scorer Golden Ball Award. Um, I think there's only two players, one of which is yourself, left in the competition. So are you feeling optimistic that you'll be able to sweep past the current top scorer? I mean, I always back myself to score goals. It's going to be tough. I'm pretty sure she's got five more goals than me, the person who's leading, but I think maybe scored them all in one game. But 
Uh, scoring five in a game would make it a hell of a game. So we'll never say never. But I guess if we go through, then I can always split the ga- the goals over two games. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Back to the league. Um, what apart from the cup run? What are your hopes for this season? Uh, well, we're definitely wanting to get promotion this season. We narrowly missed out last season. I think there was maybe one point in it, so we weren't able to go up. But this time, that's the main focus. We've been a bit restricted in the amount of league games we've been able to play this season because the cup always takes precedent. Yeah. So we've only actually played three league games, <laughs> which isn't great because there's other teams on eight or nine. But uh, that's so our that main pile up then for you to to squeeze in. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a bit of a backlog. I guess it depends how far we get in the FA Cup. You never know. We might be at Wembley, in which case promotion won't be our main aim. But uh, yeah, we won the League Cup last year as well. So uh, hoping to do that again this year. And the County Cup as well. We want to go as far as possible. But there's lots of teams above us in, involved in that competition. So we'll have to see. Best of luck. Um, you talked a little earlier, Tanya, that you always back yourself to score. I just wondered, what's the best or most memorable goal uh, you've ever scored? So one that stands out or springs to mind? Yeah, I've scored so many good goals. I don't know which one to pick. <laughs> no, I think one of my best goals, I remember the goalkeepers kicked it out and it's landed to me up top. Uh, I've controlled it and then took on like five or six defenders. Annoyingly, my shot didn't actually go in first time. The keeper saved it, but I managed to get it in from the rebound. So it was the, probably the most enjoyable one from my perspective but I think my most memorable goal from a, the team's perspective was playing against Leeds United so they're also in lots of leagues above us and it was a cup match. Uh, I think they scored first but like five or ten minutes later I managed to equalise and I think at that point we were like oh my god there's actually a chance that we could get something from yeah. this game. It was a bit naive. No one had fancied you to do so yeah. Absolutely not, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit naive. I think we ended up losing like 4 or 5-1, but I still scored and it was a fun experience. <laughs> I just wondered, Tanya, if you could tell us a little bit about how you how you got into football. Yeah, so I've played football since I was maybe 4 or 5. It was my best friend played. Uh, her dad is a big football fan and uh, I'm quite competitive, so I think I wanted to be better than her at something. So uh ended up playing and I've not stopped since really I think there was a period maybe at uni where I didn't play for a few years but uh I was pretty boisterous as a child so I probably just needed something energetic to... yeah like an outlet yeah pretty much so yeah I've loved it ever since I can't imagine not playing do you have any mentors in the game or, or outside of the game that you look up to uh I mean I've, I've been with the same our assistant coach now he's been my coach since I was 15 so uh he's called Sherman he's probably the person that I've been involved with most in the football and our current manager, Mark, he's been really good. He's only been here a couple of seasons, but he's done great things with the system, the way that the team plays. I mean, he travels travels from Scarborough to get to to uh, Leeds, which is that's, quite a trek. <laughs> well, women's football, it continues to grow in popularity in England. There's probably more people than ever watching live games. Do you think that's sort of a reflection of the true state of the women's game? Are there any, I just wonder if there's any, you could perhaps shed some light, are there any challenges or any opportunities um, you could touch on? Yeah, I mean, I could be here all day. I'll list a few things that I could think of. <laughs> I do I do genuinely think that the there's a bit of a push at the minute for, and, and but especially at the higher level, things are going in the right direction. I think top tier professionals can actually have football as a career choice. That wasn't really a thing that I considered as a child. So it's nice that there's more recognition. There's obviously still 
lots of issues like federations at the World Cup not playing paying their players. There was a bit of a faff at the Ballon d'Or, like getting mm. non-football related people to present women awards who are also halfway through an international break. That sort of thing is a bit of an oversight, which I don't think you'd find in the men's game. But it's also really positive that we're getting a lot of exposure through the World Cup and the Euros. I think we are seeing a benefit from it at the competitions at grassroots level. Like obviously, for us, being in the FA Cup is great. Like This is money that we would never have dreamed of having, and us having this success is great. But uh, I think it was today or yesterday they've released that there's going to be doubling the FA Cup prize fund for teams, I think it's from the third round onwards, which is great for them, but it doesn't necessarily funnel down to the grassroots teams who are probably the ones that need it more um yeah i've at, at the minute funding for grassroots teams comes from grants and it comes from local sponsors and it's a bit it's not straightforward for funding to come to players and i mean all of my team pay to play so i imagine that's the same in a lot of grassroots levels i don't anticipate that changing anytime soon but if there was a more direct more, and easy way more for funding, encouragement you know, more support more yeah making it more accessible i suppose as well Absolutely, yeah. And I think uh, representation of like women and females in management levels and coaching is an issue. I think there weren't very many uh, female managers at the World Cup. There's only a few female managers that people could probably name off the top of their heads. But you listen, look at people like Serena Vigman, Emma Hayes, they've done incredible things. And yeah. I'm an Arsenal fan and uh, Jonas has been really supportive about women's football. Uh, same, same with Ian Wright. But again, these are really positive people in women's football but they're they're men <laughs> lastly tanya if anyone's listening to this and they're thinking oh i want to be the next tanya fozard any tips for people following in your footsteps or wanting to aspire to following your footsteps uh yeah i guess i tell them not to be discouraged i think never stop playing if that's what you want to do i sometimes wish that i had played at a higher level and maybe if i was a kid now i probably would i, I think it seems like it's more of an opportunity than it ever used to be uh, it's more, a, people are more aware of it, aren't they? Perhaps yeah, exactly. you're growing up to younger girls growing up now, it, it's yeah. getting more viable. And you look at the players, they're actually earning a salary. Like before it was like women professionals worked part-time as a footballer and also earned money on the side. And then people wonder why the standard was never what they expected. I was like, these women are working part-time. What, do you, like, what more do you want? <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess just encourage all girls to take up opportunities that they're given not just to play but to coach and to referee and not to listen to boys when they tell them not to play <laughs> and that was Tanya Fazard unfortunately they couldn't progress as they lost to Darwin all four goals were scored by Maddie McKenna and it's history for Darwin as they progressed to the second round for the first time in their history the Lich Hamlet pulled off one of the shocks as around as they beat London Bees at the National League South 2-0 and high fine hashtag United also lost to lower league opposition as they were beaten away at Norwich City. Well, good news, Kirsty, is that the prize money has been increased once again for this season. Yeah, I think it needs to. When you look at the, obviously the amount of people now that are, are going to the games, they're getting re really big crowds. So they're obviously there's a big generation of money that's now coming into the women's game because more people are going watching. It's more televised. I think if the money's there and and you and you've got players that you know, are playing at higher levels that are on money. I think they're always going to be looking to increase it. They want the game to grow. And the only way you can do that is by hoping that more investment and more money coming in 
makes that difference. So I think it's a big step in women's football to have a prize increase for that. Talking of uh, increase in money, there's a, a big TV deal over in America that has just been signed. Pretty huge, isn't it, Kirsty? Unreal. When you think about where the game's been, you know, sort of over the last sort of 15 years, only just starting to come back into play to have such an influx of money um, going into the women's game is phenomenal. And it, it certainly shows where the game's actually getting to. That increase will keep coming and keep coming. You know, there's a lot of time for the women's game to catch up with the men's. Um, but this is a major, major milestone for, for the women's game. Do, do you think, David, that I know the WSL prize itself is trying to be the most prestigious league in the world but with the likes of Saudi Arabia spending money you feel that America will now spend money with this TV deal do you think they'll start to poach players away from the WSL I, I'm not sure whether whether that will happen um I think yeah the money will obviously come into it but I think the WSL is still quite a prestigious league and you hear about all the players who are coming to the league who say you know it's, it's the league to be in it's the one they all want to play and they all want to test their luck in it um, I still think the WSL will be one of the, the superpowers in terms of, of the women's leagues. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly huge that the NWSL is getting this amount of money. And we, we could see some players starting to drift over there. But then, you know, that that's always happened. So I wouldn't really say it's going to be too much of a difference or a noticeable difference, perhaps. But um, it's certainly one to keep an eye on. And what else have you kept your eye out on in um, in Europe? There's been a few big games this weekend, hasn't there? Yeah, they have. Um, I think Real Madrid's win against Real Sociedad. Yeah, they, they won 7-1. I think that was probably a really good result for Real because they've had a few kind of matches lately where they've struggled a little bit just to put on a performance. Um, and I think actually that that will do them the world of good um, in terms of just getting a few goals scored and, and things like that because obviously they lost Caroline Weir. That, for me, uh, has lost a, uh, given them... Uh, a lot less goal threat and then Esther Gonzalez leaving in the summer as well so they've lost their two biggest threats really so that'll do them the world of good but other than that I think um, you know most teams won who should win um, so there haven't been sort of too many big shocks um, yeah it's just kind of been a, a one of those weeks when kind of things have gone to plan for most teams um, but you know with the Champions League coming up you know it's important they get those wins so they can go into the uh, you know, into the new group stages, you know, on the best in the best possible form. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, David, the Champions League is starting this week. Uh, the group stages, it's it's going to be exciting, isn't it, again? Yeah, really. I, I always love the group stages because it gives you a chance to not only see some of the best teams, but also see some of those other teams you don't necessarily get to watch all the time. So you kind of get to dip into different different teams and styles and things like that. And there's some really good ones to, to look out for. Um, this time around and I think it'll be quite open as well you know you, you haven't got Wolfsburg, Juventus, Arsenal some of those big hitters that are normally there so you've got some new teams to look out for uh, and and some new teams who can do some serious damage to others prospects so um, yeah like like Paris like um, Eintracht Frankfurt so you know there's some big names to look out for and and um, yeah I hope it's going to be a really interesting group stage because it's certainly billing out to be. Yeah, and Kirsty, it's um, it, it's a funny one in terms of uh, the qualification. It gets a lot of knocking, doesn't it? But like David said, there it's made the, it's made it a bit more open. That maybe some of the bigger teams you expect to be in it aren't in it. Yeah, it does make it more open, and for other teams that you know are, are right up there in their league, being able to compete 
um, at the Champions League level is is a massive thing for for different uh, leagues and divisions. So yeah, it's a shame from an English point of view the likes of Arsenal aren't in it, but. For, the, for a whole being a football supporter, I think Champions League football, you always want an underdog to be coming up and, and making some shock surprises, a bit like you do with the FA Cup. You know what I mean? You, you're always hoping that different teams are in and around it and it's not your same old, same old every year. So it definitely makes it more interesting. Well, Kirsty, David, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. are welcome. And don't forget you can join our Fantasy Women's Super League by going to fantasywsl.net and use the code TWFP. And also please subscribe to the podcast via all good podcasting platforms. Give us a follow on Twitter at TWFP1 and we're on Instagram at the Women's Football Podcast. Thanks for listening. The Women's Football Podcast in partnership with Her Game 2.